0: Welcome in another and our final special edition of What's Right with Nick Wright, the countdown of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. And yes, I know, if there was anything predictable about this list, it was that somehow, some way, we were going to get to this exact point. The point where I explain why, of the last 50 years, or of all of NBA history, The single greatest player is, of course, LeBron James. But before we get into the full resume, let me explain a bit about how we are going to do today's show. LeBron's career is so long and so incomparable that we're going to have to break it up into a couple different segments. Also, the callers we have for today's show, no one has revealed to me. They won't tell me who they are. I imagine I'm going to get sucker punched by a few of them. We will try the Kareem video. I'm sorry, the Jordan video was 45 minutes. The Kareem video was 50 minutes. We will try our best to keep the LeBron video to under an hour. I am not sure if we will succeed. But with no further ado, number one of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. Number one, LeBron James. So the short version of the resume is, of course, 13-time first-team All-NBA. That's the most all-time. Second most is Kobe with 11. Three-time second-team, two-time third-team. That is an 18-time All-NBA performer. That is the most all-time by a mile. Second most is Kareem with 15. He is four-time MVP, 14 top-five MVP finishes. Only Kareem has more. And 11 times he has been first Second or third team all or uh, MVP. That is, of course, the most all time. He is six-time All Defense and should be a one-time Defensive Player of the Year. More on that shortly. A one-time scoring champ, one-time assist champ. Twenty-five seasons. He is. I'm sorry, eighteen seasons. He has averaged at least twenty-five points per game. That's the most all time. Second is Kevin Durant, who did it thirteen times he he has averaged 25, five and five 18 times. that is the most all time. second is Oscar with nine times nine seasons doing that he's the only player ever to average 27, seven and seven for his career oddly enough and crazily enough has never had a single 27, seven and seven game though that's a weird but true fact. he has six seasons averaging at least. 27, 7, and 7. The last 50 years combined, other than LeBron, there have been 10 such seasons. He is tied for fourth in points per game of all time, second most of the last 50 years behind Jordan. He has the second most points ever scored, the seventh most assists ever. Context there. Other than Oscar Robertson, no one else is in the top 25 of both of those categories. LeBron is second, soon to be first, and seventh. He has the 10th most steals ever. As far as longevity, he averaged 27, 7, and 7 as a 20-year-old in year two. As I mentioned, he averages 27, 7, and 7 for his career. He averaged 30 points per game at age 21 and averaged 30 points per game at age 37. The most points he ever averaged in his career, he was 21. The most assists he ever averaged in his career, he was 35. The most rebounds he ever averaged in his career, he was 33, and the best field goal percentage he ever had, which was an absurd, center-esque 57 percent, he was 29. So at every different age benchmark of his career, he has been his best at something different. He had a year where he shot 27, where he averaged 27, eight and seven. Shot 57-40 splits, almost won Defensive Player of the Year and had a 27-game winning streak and won the title, otherwise known as, arguably, the single greatest season anyone ever had. He has too many youngest ever and oldest ever records to list them all. However, I think my favorite is he was the youngest person to 1,000 points, 2,000 points, 3,000 points, and you could go on every single 1,000-point milestone that has ever been touched in the NBA. LeBron James was the youngest to ever do it. He, of course, is the only member of the 30K, 10K, 10K club. 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. What's more amazing is he is also the only member of the 10K, 10K, 10K club. So he has 37,000 chains, 10,000, 10,000. No one else has 10,000, 10,000, 10,000. In fact, there is only one other member of the 8,000, 8,000, 8,000 club, that's Jason Kidd. Only, so LeBron is a 30, 10, 10 member. Only 20 guys in NBA history are 15,000, 5,000, 5,000 members. And of course, he has the most consecutive 10-point games, a streak that is still active, 1,096 consecutive games of scoring at least double digits, Jordan's at 866, Creams at 787, no one else is at 600, and there is no active streak right now, even at 200. So that's the regular season stuff. Now to the playoff stuff. He, of course, as we mentioned, is a four-time champion, a four-time finals MVP, and a 10-time NBA finalist. He missed the playoffs the first two years of his career and then never looked back. So in 2006, at 21 years old, he plays in his first career playoff game. He has 32 11 and 11, playing all 48 games in his first career playoff game. A 30-point triple-double, playing all 48 minutes in his first ever playoff game. Couple games later, he has 41 5 and 3, playing all 48 and hits the game-winning jumper with 5 seconds left to go up 2-1 in the series. Couple games after that, he has 45, 7, and 6, including the game winning layup with 0.9 left to, to go up 3 2. And then in game six, in overtime, plays all 53 minutes, has 32, 7, and 7. So in his first series ever, LeBron James, who would have to deal with a narrative that he is unclutch, hit two shots to win games with less than five seconds remaining, one with less than one second remaining, and averaged in his first series ever 36 points, eight rebounds, six assists in 47 minutes per game. In the next round, he lost to the two-time defending Eastern Conference champion Detroit Pistons in seven games. Averaged for the series 27, nine, and six. So that means for his first playoffs ever at 21 years old, he averaged 31 points, eight rebounds, six assists in 47 minutes per game. The next year, however, is when he would announce himself at 22 years old as already the single best player in basketball, a title he held consecutively uninterrupted for 13 consecutive years. 22 years old, they sweep Washington in round one. He averages a humble 28, 9, and 8. To go up 2-0 on New Jersey in round two, he has a 36.12 assist game. They win the series in six. Down 2-0 to Detroit in the Eastern Conference Finals. He has 32 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, and 46 minutes to keep the series alive. Then game five, the 48 special. Has 48 points, nine rebounds, seven assists in more than 50 minutes, scoring 29 of the final 30 points for his team, including 25 straight to win the game in double overtime to go up 3-2. He had a dunk to force overtime with seconds left, a layup with two seconds left in double overtime to win the game. Then, of course, in the finals, he struggled. Tim Duncan, that Spurs team, they had won in 99, 03, 05. They win again in 07. He averages just 22, 7, and 7. I will remind you, however, that that team that made the finals, in the finals, the starters on a finals team were Boobie Gibson at point guard, Sasha Pavlovich at shooting guard, LeBron James at small forward, Drew Gooden at power forward, and Zadrunas Ilgowskis at center. 2008, next year in the playoffs, round one against Washington. Those poor Gilbert Arena Arenas Wizards teams just couldn't manage to not get LeBron early. Averaged 30, 10, and 8 in round one against Washington, including... To win the series in game six, a 27, 13, and 13. Then game five, the next round against Boston. This series is 2-2. He has 35, but they lose. So they're now facing elimination against a Celtics team that would go on to win the title, the only title Boston has over the last 30 years. What does he do in game six facing elimination? 32 points, 12 rebounds, six assists. And then game seven. An all-time Game 7 duel. Some would argue it's the best game of Paul Pierce's career. LeBron has 45 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. But unfortunately for him, only one other Cav scores more than 7 points in that game. And they lose by 4, I believe. And all of a sudden, there's a little speculation, rumblings. Could LeBron leave Cleveland? but those rumblings seem to quiet during the regular season. 09, LeBron wins his first career MVP. It's the best Cavs team up to that point ever. They win 66 games, and they are crushing in the playoffs. They, LeBron opens the playoffs with a 38, 8, and 7. 38.8 rebounds, 7 assists. And they play Detroit, and he averages 32, 11, and 8. That Pistons team had made six consecutive Eastern Conference Finals. LeBron swept them and essentially ended their run. Uh, He has 47-12-8, 47-12-8 to go up 3-0 on Atlanta en route to sweeping them where he averaged 34 points, eight rebounds, six assists for the series. At that moment in time, the Cavs are 74-16 and on the season. They seem destined to be on a collision course for LeBron-Kobe NBA Finals. LeBron is the best player in the league. Kobe had just made the finals, but lost to the Celtics. Looked like he was going to come out of the West. He did, by the way. The Cavs looked like a juggernaut, and LeBron was having an all-time playoff run. And that then leads to the Orlando series, which to this day, I don't argue this, but some will argue is the single best series LeBron James ever played in the playoffs. And amazingly it ended not only in a loss, but a loss in six to Dwight Howard and Orlando. So how could one argue it's the best series LeBron's ever played? Let's go game by game. Game one, he has 49 points, six rebounds, eight assists, on 67% shooting, in a one-point loss. Again, let me say that again. They lose by one in a game that LeBron goes 67% from the field, has 49 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists, and they lose. That up, by the way, at that moment was his playoff career high. The rest of the team shot 23 of 58. They gave up a 3 to Rashard Lewis in the corner with 15 seconds left after a LeBron and 1 put them up to. So that's how game 1 ends. Game 2, he has 35 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and that's the iconic buzzer-beating 3 the first of five career playoff buzzer beaters, the most ever by a mile. No one else has more than three that LeBron James has. And so he has 35, four, and five, and it takes a three at the buzzer for them to win by one. Game three, he has 41, seven, and nine, and they lose by double digits. Game four, he has 44, 12, and seven, and they lose. So for context there, they are down three, one. In the three games they have lost, LeBron has scored 49, 41, and 44 while averaging, in addition to the points there, nine rebounds and eight assists. And by the way, in that overtime loss, LeBron was fouled with .5 left in the game, down two. Calmly goes the line, makes both free throws, something I'm told he's scared to do, but was doing at 23 years old, but they lose in overtime all the same. Game five, facing elimination, 37 points, 14 rebounds, 12 assists. But then game six, they lose. For that series, LeBron averaged 39 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. And it was the only conference finals loss of his career. For the playoffs, he averaged 35, 9, and 7. Then we get to 2010, his final year in Cleveland. The first time around. He's MVP again and facing Derrick Rose, year two Derrick Rose, not MVP Derrick Rose, that would be the next year, and Joe Kim Noah in round one. Starts the, or I'm sorry, after a relatively quiet game one, games two through four go like this. 40 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, then 39 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, then 37, 12, and 11 in games two through four to go up three one. Wins the series in five, by averaging 32, 9, and 8. Then the famous LeBron quit series against the Celtics. So let's actually talk about that series, because there is one really bad moment, but the rest of it has been drastically overstated. So in that series where he quit on the Cavs, allegedly, game one, he had 35, 7, and 7. Game three, he has 38, 8, and 7 to go up to one. Game five was the awful one. It's 3 of 14 from the field. They fall down 3-2. Game six, his final game as a Cav the first time around. When, again, if you listen to a lot of folks, he had quit on the team. He was out. So what did he do in that game six? He had 27 points, 19 rebounds, 10 assists. But Cleveland got blown out despite it. And that's it. Boston moves on. Boston ends up making the finals once again. They, of course, lose to the Lakers in seven. LeBron, for that series, for that playoffs, averages 29, 9, and 8. Now he's in Miami, and we know how this season ends. 2011, it ends in the nadir of his career and a true crossroads. They breeze past Philly in round one. He has three 33-plus-point games to beat Boston in five in round two. In round three, they're facing MVP Derrick Rose. If you remember, he guarded Derrick Rose in the fourth quarter of those series and Rose shot less than 10% from the field in the fourth quarter of that series. And LeBron put up a 35-6-6 and in game four to kind of lock that series up, go up three-run, three-one. But then in the finals, a true disaster, never scores more than 24 points, has an eight-point game in game four, Never takes 20 shots in a game. Seems rattled. They lose three straight. He averages 18-7-7 and 7 for the series. At that moment in time, it seemed utterly impossible LeBron could ever end up number one on this list or any list. He had been to two finals. In the finals, he averaged around 20 points per game. He had a true, you could see it happening in real time, meltdown that even his biggest defenders in the world would say it was inexplicable watching how he played in 2011. So how do you go from that to the greatest player ever? Quite simply, by ripping off unequivocally, inarguably, the greatest 10-year run of consecutive greatness the league has ever seen. That is what we will get into in the next segment. We gave you the regular season. We gave you the playoff career up until and through the Dallas series. Coming up next, we will go over a decade of dominance, the likes of which, from a personal and team level, cumulative the league has never seen. That's next as we discuss the greatest player of the last 50 years, LeBron James. All right, welcome back in as we finalize our countdown of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years with number one, LeBron James. So we just went over the regular season accolades, which are unmatched by anyone in NBA history and the postseason stuff, which from his rookie year until 2011, had some incredibly high moments, had the 48 special, had he had already at that point in his career, Come close to setting the all-time record for playoff 30-point triple doubles. The numbers were unbelievable, but it had those finals in 2011, where he was the favorite, where he was on the better team, where they were up to one, and he short-circuited. So how do you go from that to the greatest player of all time, and certainly the greatest player of the last 50 years? Well, by doing the follow: 2012: first title. MVP again, totally unstoppable in the playoffs. Down 2-1 to Indiana in round two. Bosh is out for the game. And again, they've got no title at this point. LeBron is, everything about LeBron's being questioned, and Bosh is out. He has 40 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists to tie the series. Then, in game five, has 30 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists to take control of the series. They win in six. Averages. 30 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Game 1 against Boston, 32 and 13. Game 2 against Boston, 34-10 and 7. Averaged 31 and nine, 31 and 9 on better than 50% shooting for games 3, 4 and 5. But they lose all 3 and Boston was dancing on LeBron's grave, saying horrible things to him. Were was Paul Pierce They thought they had broken him. So what does he do in the famous blueprint game? The game that if they lose, they're playing in Boston. He's never won. The Heatles are a joke. They're going to break up the team. How does he respond? With what some would argue is the single finest game of his career, I would argue the most important game of his career, but only the second best game of his career. He has 45 points, 15 rebounds, 5 assists on 73% shooting. Facing not just elimination, but legacy devastation and team annihilation. He had 30 points on 14 shots in the first half of that game. And then in Game 7, it is tied going into the fourth quarter. LeBron has 11 in the fourth. Boston has 15 in the fourth total. He finishes with 31 and 12, averages for the series, 34 points, 11 rebounds on 54% for the series. And then sweet finals vindication in a finals that ended in five, but in the beginning did not look like it was going to go that way. You're up against KD, Russ, Harden, Abaka. Game one, 30 points, nine rebounds, four assists, four steals, but they lose. Then game two. 32, 8, and 5, 12 for 12 at the free throw line, including 2 to ice the game after he gets that big stop on Durant with 10 seconds left to win by 4 and tie the series. Game 3, 29 points, 14 rebounds. Game 4, 26 points, 9 rebounds, 12 assists. And then Game 5 to win his first title, a triple-double. 26 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists to win the title and finals MVP. For the series, averaged 29 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. And for the playoffs, averaged 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 1 block on 50% shooting. By the way, remember how I said he averaged 29, 10, and 7 for the finals? That would be the worst finals he has the rest of his career. The worst from that point forward. 2013. I would argue it's the greatest individual season in NBA history. There's a 27-game winning streak. He is one vote away from being the first-ever unanimous MVP. Gary Washburn, never forget it, voted for Carmelo Anthony. And the guy who won, LeBron finished second in defensive player of the year voting. Mark Gasol, won defensive player of the year, but was not even voted first-team all-defense. Some very odd first All-NBA Vote or a Defensive Player of the Year stuff happened, which robbed LeBron of, if you ask him, privately or publicly, the one individual award that he is angriest about not winning is that Defensive Player of the Year in 2013. But in 2013, he was the best defender in basketball, he was the best offensive player in basketball, more on that in a moment, and his team had an incomprehensible 27-game winning streak on the offensive side of it. This is the year he shot nearly 57% from the field, including 60% on twos and 40% on threes. He opened the playoffs with a 27.10 rebound, eight assist game where he took 11 shots. He averaged 25 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists on 63% shooting in round one in a sweep of Milwaukee. Eastern Conference Finals. Game one, another 30 point triple double, 30, 10, and 10. And the second playoff buzzer beater of his career, that's the one where he breezes past Paul George, gets the layup for a buzzer beating layup. He has 36 and 8 on 70% in game two, but they lost. And this series just went win loss, win loss, win loss. It ended up going seven. In that game seven, he had 32 and 8 he would at some point become the NBA's all-time leading scorer in points per game in a game seven, something Durant has since passed him on, but we'll get there later. He starts the finals off with 18, 18, and 10. But in the first three finals games, the Spurs had an interesting strategy, which is they were daring him to shoot or trying to make him a passer is not letting him have any driving lanes, and he averaged only 17 points per game in those first three games of the finals. And then in game four, down 3-1, he has 33 points and 11 rebounds. And then in game six, facing elimination, the Ray Allen game. This This is the one game of LeBron's career that is the most unfairly regarded by NBA media and inaccurately remembered by the average fan. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. If you ask me, nothing goes quite together like football and food, especially in the fall. College football on Saturday, the pros on Sunday, and the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards. Whether watching your team with other super fans at a local eatery or in the comfort of your own living room earn four times points when you dine out or have food delivered maybe order a pizza and watch the big game on that big TV of yours plus earn two times points at grocery stores which is great if you're tailgating at the stadium with hot dogs and hamburgers even getting to the game can be rewarding as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com altitudego altitude go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association. Pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated, some restrictions may apply. Yes, the, it's called the Ray Allen game because Ray Allen hit arguably the single biggest shot in NBA history. However, the context of that was this. Going into the fourth quarter, the Heat were down 10. Game six of the finals, facing elimination against Duncan, Kawhi, Manu, uh, Tony, and Popovich, down double digits. And LeBron, in that fourth quarter, had 16 points and two assists, including... Of their first 17 points of the quarter, when they turned a 10-point deficit into a heat lead, he scored or assisted on 16 of 17 of them. Just a Birdman free throw was the one that he didn't have anything to do with, but he actually did because he threw the lob to Birdman where he got fouled. You just don't get assists on a free throw. And then down five with 25 seconds left, the possession before the Ray Allen shot, he hits the three, to cut it to two before Kawhi misses his free throw. They come back down. LeBron misses a three. Bosch rebound, Ray Allen three, overtime. Finishes the game with 32 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, and three steals, facing elimination in the finals. Then in game seven, game seven of the finals, remember how they were daring him to shoot the whole series? He makes five threes. He has 37 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, including... After the heater up two, Duncan misses that little bunny. Kawhi is on LeBron. LeBron cans a 20-footer to go up four with 20 seconds left in the finals. He then steals the ball from Manu to seal the win and hits the free throws to ice the finals, wins another finals MVP. Now we're to 2014. He's going for the 3 p. has a severely compromised D-weight. Round one sweep of Charlotte. Hey, look at Charlotte making the playoffs. 30 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists on 57% shooting. That's his average for the series. Round 2 against Brooklyn with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Has one of my favorite LeBron games ever. Game 4, heat up 2-1. Paul Pierce demands publicly and privately, I got LeBron. LeBron knows that. LeBron ties his playoff career high with 49 points. Does it on 67% shooting as they cruise to the Eastern Conference Finals. They cruise in the Eastern Conference Finals, pardon me, the next round to a rematch with the Spurs to make his fourth straight finals, which, by the way, that Heat team becomes the first team since the 80s to make four consecutive finals. And those finals start with a great what-if game. Game one, and this showed you that at this point in 2014, the Heat were no longer a super team. Bosh was fine. Wade was a shell of himself. God love him, but he was. How do I know it? Game one of the finals. With seven minutes left in game one of the finals, LeBron has 25.6 rebounds, three assists, three steals. But if you remember, the air conditioning had gone out in the arena. And LeBron cramps up. There's seven minutes left in the game. The Heat are up four. They lose the game by 15 points. They got outscored by 19 points in the final seven minutes of the fourth quarter to lose game one. Game two, LeBron has 35 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, two steals, and the Heat win by two to even the series. And then the next three games, the Spurs play essentially perfect basketball. They win in five, despite LeBron for the series averaging. 28, eight, and four which is good, but not amazing. What is amazing is this. He did it on 57% from the field and 51% from three. So he averaged 28 and eight on 57-51 splits and they gave finals MVP to the guy guarding him who averaged 18 points a game in the series and had two separate single digit point games in Kauai. More on that in a moment. 2015, back in Cleveland. With one of the most in overs head coaches in NBA history, David Black, and a Cavs team full of guys who had never played in the playoffs Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and the other guys that were left over on the team. Round one sweeps Boston, averaging 27, 9, and 7 in his first series back with Cleveland. Round two against Chicago has 33, 8, and 5 in game two to even the series. In game three, he has a 27.8 rebound, 14 assist game, but they lose on the D-Rose banked-in buzzer beater, if you guys remember that. Then in game four, that's when David Blatt tried to call a timeout they didn't have. The refs let him get away with it. David Blatt then tried to call an inbounds play where LeBron is inbounding it with less than two seconds left in a tie game. Instead, LeBron scraps it, hits the shot from the corner, his third career, true playoff buzzer beater, and ties the series, finishes the game with 25-14-8. They would not lose again after that until Game 1 of the Finals. In Game 5, he had 38-12-6 to go up 3-2. In the Eastern Conference Finals, they were playing a 60-win Hawks team that everyone now just says sucks because it fits the narrative, but they did win 60 games. He swept them, including a game, Game 3 of that series, Kevin Love has been out, remember, since the Boston series with a shoulder injury. Kyrie missed that game with dealing with a knee injury that would obviously rear up in the fi- flare up in the finals, make him miss the finals. So up 2-0 on the Hawks. He has 37 points, 18 rebounds, 13 assists. Up 2-0 against a 60-win team without your second and third best players. He has 37 points, 18 rebounds, 13 assists, and an overtime win. He averaged with the conference finals 30, 11, and 9 to make his fifth straight finals and become the only star player ever, not on Russell Celtics or playing in the 60s to do that. So, what happens in the finals? Okay. LeBron has an all time performance, but Kevin Love is injured in the Boston series, as out for the playoffs we mentioned. Kyrie is injured in game one, but let's go through these finals. LeBron, game one of the finals, the only game he got to play with Kyrie. 44 points, eight rebounds, six assists, but they lose in overtime. Game two of the finals, 39 points, 16 rebounds, 11 assists, and they win in overtime. Game three of the finals, 40 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. Four steals, two blocks. They're up 2-1 on the Warriors with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Barnes, Iguodala, the whole crew's there except for Durant. LeBron's starting lineup that game was him, Matthew Della Vadova, Iman Schumpert, Tristan Thompson, and Timothy Mozgov. Color me shocked the team of the starting Tristan and Mozgov couldn't deal with the Warriors small ball lineup as the series evolved game 4 game 5 pardon me lebron has 40 points 14 rebounds 11 assists a 40 point triple double but they lose game 6 32 points 18 rebounds 9 assists but they lose so for the playoff i'm sorry for the playoffs lebron averaged 30 11 and 9 for that series he averaged 36 13 and 9 but again, the guy who held him to that gets finals MVP for averaging 16, 5, and 4. So, for a little context, for the count the rings, count the finals MVPs guys, in 2014 and 2015, in those two NBA finals, LeBron James averaged 32, 11, and 7. And he was considered by the people watching the series. Such a physically overwhelmingly dominant player that despite him averaging 32, 11, and seven across those two series, they gave both finals MVPs to the guys guarding him, who averaged between them 17, 6, and 3. So they didn't get finals MVP, Iguodala and Kawhi, for their offense. It's because they slowed down LeBron allegedly. And they slowed him down to the tune of 32-11-7. And, and now we get to 2016, which is a very odd year. The Cavs fire David Blatt halfway through. Ty Lue takes over. LeBron seemingly was in cruise control all year and into the playoffs. The Cavs win their first 10 playoff games and go 12-2 en route to the finals. That's one of the famous LeBron quotes it, when they were in that... In the, They win their first 10 playoff games. They're playing Toronto in the conference finals, and they lose the next two. And LeBron's asked about adversity. He's like, yeah, i faced adversity in my career. This ain't it. And they obviously end up beating Toronto in game six. Game six was his first 30-point playoff game that season. He hadn't scored 30 once. Like I said, they were kind of coasting, just clearly better that year with a healthy Kevin Love and a healthy Kyrie than everyone in the east and then in the he gets to his sixth straight finals again the only guy to do that that wasn't involved in Russell Celtics and now the finals is interesting okay so and and by the way for the Eastern Conference playoffs he averaged 25 9 and 7 on 55% down 0-2 in the finals game 3 season on the line 32-11 and 6 game 4 chance to even up the series at home 25, 13, 9, 2, and 3, but they lose. And now the the series is over. Yeah, we hear Draymond gets suspended, but Clay is saying it's a man's league. Steph's in that LeBron needs to get out of his feelings. Steph is being called the best player in the league, and the Warriors are being compared to the Showtime Lakers as is this the greatest team ever. And LeBron responds to that, with the greatest and most important three-game stretch in the history of the sport. Game five in San Francisco. 41 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. That is the game that, while wow, Draymond's not there. Okay, what would Draymond have done? Cavs won by double digits, LeBron had 41. Very next game. Cavs win by double digits. LeBron has 41, and Draymond is back. Game six, 41, 8, 11, 4, and 3. That was the game where the league MVP, unanimous MVP, Steph Curry, got so frustrated, he fired his mouthpiece, and his wife said the league was rigged for ratings or money because LeBron had so mentally defeated them, including a the blo- the couple blocks of Steph where he kind of mean-mugged them. Then game seven, back in Oakland, LeBron plays 47 of the 48 minutes, has 27 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, three blocks. One of those blocks is, of course, the greatest defensive play in NBA history. In the fourth quarter of that game, Golden State was so worn out, they had 13 points. In the fourth quarter of that game, LeBron was so worn out, he had 11. Also, in the final nine minutes of that game, only points Cleveland scored that weren't scored by LeBron was the iconic Kyrie 3 and of course he did have the free throw that actually iced the game so that means after being down 3-1 and executing the greatest the greatest comeback in NBA history the only 3-1 comeback in finals history against a 73 win team with the unanimous MVP down 3-1 LeBron James over the rest of the finals averaged 36 points 12 rebounds 10 assists three steals, three blocks, and became the first person ever and only person ever to lead an NBA Finals in all five categories for both teams, averaging 30, 11, 9, 3, and 2. So now he's the defending champion. It's 2017, and it is in some circles the best Cavs team ever. I'm a believer of that. Unfortunately for the Cavs, the Warriors had responded to losing to LeBron by adding Kevin Durant. But before we get there, let's talk about how they got back to the finals, which would, of course, be LeBron's seventh straight. Again, another record. Another non-Russell Celtics record, I should say. Defending his title, he sweeps Indiana in round one, averaging 33, averaging 33, 10, 9, 3, and 2. That was his averages, 33, 10, 9, 3, 2 including in game one, a 36, 6, 13, and 3. And in game three, to go up 3-0, another 40-point triple-double, a 41, 13, and 12. A 40-point, by the way, there have only been 12 of those in NBA history. LeBron's got three of them. Round two, another sweep, this one against Toronto. In Toronto, against Toronto, when they sweep them, LeBron scored 35-plus in every single game. Then opens the Eastern Conference Finals with a 38, 9, and 7, scores 34 in game four, 35 in game five, and they get to the finals. They went 12 and 1. To get back, how good was LeBron that year in 2017? Well, they went 12 and 1 in the playoffs. LeBron scored 30 or more 11 times and averaged, en route to the finals, 33 points, eight rebounds, seven assists on 56% shooting. Then in the finals, we'll give you all five games, okay? Game one, 28 points, 15 rebounds, eight assists, they lose. Game two, 29 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists, they lose. Game three, season on the line at home, 39 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, but KD hits the shot, they lose. Game four, season truly on the line. 31 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. They finally win. And then game five, season line again, 41 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. So after becoming the first and only player ever to lead the finals in all five categories for both teams, becomes the first and only player ever to average a triple-double in the finals. In those finals, against what many argue is the single greatest team ever, LeBron James averaged. 34 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, and shot 56% from the field. For those playoffs, he averaged 33, 9, and 8 on 57%. And the very next year, he would be better. So this is how you overcome 2011 with this type of run. 2018, an awful Cavs team. The Kyrie trade derailed him. Kevin Love was in and out of the lineup. They were a mess. They they thought little Isaiah Thomas could help them. They thought Dwayne Wade could help them. Eventually, they were just thrilled to get George Hill and Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson before Clarkson had really become the player he is now. And almost every single game of this playoff run deserves discussion. For time's sake, we won't do every single game of this playoff run, but we're gonna do a lot of them. Game one of the playoffs. 24, 10, and 12, but they lose. Game two, don't want to fall down 0-2. 46-12 and 5 to tie the series. Game four, down to one, 32, 13, and 7. Game five, it is a tie game with three seconds left. On one end, he pins an Oladipo shot on against the backboard. On the other end, he hits the game-winning three to win the game, finishes with forty-four. 10, and 8. That is his fourth career playoff buzzer beater. Then in game seven, sets the all-time record for most points per game in game seven history with a 45.8 rebound, seven assists, four steal game. For this series, he averaged 34, 10, and 8. That's to get out of round one. Round two, they are heavy underdogs to Toronto. Toronto won 59 games that year. Toronto is the favorites to make the finals. Game one, 26, 11, and 13 in a win. Game two, 43, 8, and 14 in a win to steal both games in Toronto. Game three, 38, 6, and 7, including a running intentional bank shot to win the game at the buzzer His fifth career buzzer beater averaged for that series, sweeping a 59-win Raptors team, 34, 8, and 11 on 55% shooting. Round three against Boston, down 0-1, 42, 10, and 12. Another one of those 40-point triple-doubles. How many? I mean, that's three we've talked about. But they lose, and they're down 0-2. Game four, can't fall down 0-3. He has 44, 5, and 3 to even the series. Game 6, down 3-2, plays facing elimination, plays 46 minutes, has 46 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals, and they win. And then game 7, plays all 48 minutes. The team scores 87 points. He has 35 of them. He has 35, 15, and 9, playing all 48. And then in the finals... He starts the finals with the single greatest game anyone has ever played in basketball. The 51, 8 and 8 with just an awful team against the Warriors with Durant and Steph and Clay and Draymond and Iggy. But George Hill misses the free throw, and my guy JR forgets the score, and they lose in overtime. For that series, for those finals, or in game three, by the way, the last little gasp they had, he had 33, 10, and 11. For the finals, he averaged 34, 9, and 10, but it was lost after game one. For the playoffs that year, LeBron James, without another top 50 player on his roster at that point in time, and the only one who might come close at certain times was Kevin Love was in and out of the lineup, LeBron James averaged 34 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. So that means in the 2017 and 2018 playoffs, when LeBron was, I would argue, at his absolute apex, that playoffs he also set the all-time record with eight 40-point playoff games. LeBron James, for those two postseasons, it's just incomprehensible. I'm going to tell you the exact numbers quickly here. He averaged over those two years, which again, get used against him. Finals, losses, Durant's rings, I get it. Those two playoffs, he averaged combined 34 points, nine rebounds, nine assists on 55% shooting. And against any team other than Durant's Warriors, that's a three-peat, and the third title comes without another all-star on the team. But that's not how it went. Then in 2019, he goes to the Lakers. He gets hurt. Suffers his first real injury and misses the playoffs for the first time in 15 years. It's like, oh, is it over? Not quite. 2020. Earns, this is the underrated part of that season. First healthy year in the Western Conference. Earns the one seed in the Western Conference. Get zero home playoff games out of it because they're in the bubble. So how does he do that postseason? Game one against Portland. Puts up a playoff game unlike any in NBA history. He has 23, 17, and 16, the only 20, 15, and 15 NBA playoff history. Game three to go up 2-1 on Portland has 38, 12, and 8. Game five to win the series has 36, 10, and 10. He averages for the series a 27-point triple-double. Round two against Harden and Russ, 26 averages, 26, 10, and 7, with one 35-point game. Western Conference Finals against Jokic. Game three, a 30 point triple double. Deciding game five, 38 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. Which, by the way, was his third career playoff, 35.15 rebound, 10 10-assist game. The rest of NBA history has eight combined. So, in his first time in the Western Conference playoffs, he goes 12 and three en route to the finals, playing Dame, Harden, Russ, and Jokic. And then a finals that by any measure is one of the 10 greatest individual finals performances ever. And it just gets, as soon as I said that, I'm sure you guys are like, what? Okay. But let me explain it to you. In those finals, he had at least 25 plus every game, had at least nine rebounds every game, had at least seven assists every game, and shot at least 50% every game. The box scores are as follows. 25, 13, and nine, game one. 33, nine, and nine, game two. 25, 10, and eight, game three. 28, 12, and eight, game four. And then in game five with a chance to win the title, 40 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, three steals on 71% shooting. But that's the game. Markeith Morris threw the ball out of bounds instead of throwing it to LeBron where he could hit a buzzer beater to win the championship. So they got to play a game six. How do you do in the game six? 28 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists on 65%. For the finals, LeBron averaged 30 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists on 60% from the field and 41% from three. That's in the NBA finals against allegedly the league's best defense. For the playoffs, he averaged 28 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, and shot an impossible 56%. So that means in the nine years after the Dallas series, he made eight finals, won four titles, in those finals, played KD and Duncan and Kawhi and Steph and KD and or I said KD twice. I'm sorry. And, and Clay, pardon me. And averaged in those eight finals across all of them, this whole segment, what were his finals' averages? 30 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists on 50% shooting and 37% from three. So what does that mean his career playoff resume as a whole looks like? Again, I'll try to go through this quickly because I'm running out of breath. But he has the most playoff points ever. He has more than 7,600. No one else has 6,000. He has the most playoff wins ever. He's never once missed a single playoff game. He's 6th all-time in playoff points per game, 2nd most playoff assists ever, the most playoff steals ever, the 6th most playoff rebounds ever, the 10th most playoff blocks ever. He has the most playoff games ever. He has the most playoff minutes ever with more than 11,000. No one else has even 10,000. Only Duncan has 9,000. He has, of course, the most combined points ever. Regular season and playoffs, you'll have the most of each individually midway through this year.
1: and errors. Over thirty-seven thousand companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite now through April fifteenth. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com/ftf. Netsuite.com/ftf. Netsuite.com/ftf.
0: In the finals, he has the second most points ever—not to Kareem or to Magic, but to Jerry West. He is the second most finals assists ever, only to Magic. The second most finals steals ever, only to Magic. He is the fourth most rebounds in the finals, the sixth most blocks in the finals, the fourth most finals games behind only Bill Russell, Sam Jones and Kareem, the third most finals minutes behind only Russell and Jerry West. He is the second most career final finals second most career finals games with 40 points with 7 who has the most. Not who you're thinking. Jerry West has the most with nine. He has 11 career finals triple-doubles. Second is Magic with eight. No one else has more than three. He has 28 career playoff triple-doubles. That's the second most all-time to Magic. He has nine seasons, scoring at least 500 points in the playoffs. That is the most all-time second is Jordan. 13 times he averaged at least 25 points per game in the playoffs. That is tied for the most all time with Jordan. 12 times, he averaged at least 25, 5, and 5 in the playoffs. That is the most all time. Second is Jordan with eight. He led the playoffs in total points six times, total assists six times, total rebounds twice, total steals four times. He has 122 career playoff games of 25, 5, and 5. The second most is Jordan with 71. The third most is Kobe with 52. That means. Jordan and Kobe combined did it 123 times. LeBron has done it 122 times. He has 92 times in his career, had 30 points, five rebounds, five assists in a playoff game. Second most is Jordan with 51. Here's a fun one. He has a career playoff average. His average career playoff game is 29, 9, and 7. He's put up at least 29, 9, and 7. 33 times. Why is that a fun one? The second, third, and fourth guys on that list, Bird, Giannis, and MJ, have done it exactly 33 times combined. So Bird, Giannis, and Jordan have done it the same combined times as LeBron has done it. 118 times in his playoff career, he scored 30 points. That's the most all-time. 28 times in his playoff career, he scored 40 points. That is the second most all-time. He has 66 career, 30 point Playoff double-doubles. That is the most all-time. Second most is Elgin Baylor. He has 59 career playoff games with 30 points and 10 rebounds. That's the most all-time. 22 career playoff games with 30 points and 10 assists. That's the most all-time. Second is MJ with 15. He has 16 career playoff 40-point double-doubles. That is the most all-time. Second is Wilt. He has five career playoff games with 40 points and 10 assists. No one else has more than three. He has 15 career playoff 30-point triple-doubles. Second is Oscar with eight. And as I mentioned, he has three career playoff 40-point triple-doubles. Only Oscar has more than one. There have only been 12 in NBA history. There's the resume of the greatest player of the last 50 years and the greatest player of all time, LeBron James. We'll take a break, and then I'll have some callers tell me why I'm wrong, and I will laugh at them. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright, our final special edition of the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years, a project I've been working on for a couple of years. And for those of you that have watched or listened to these episodes, I greatly appreciate it. I hope it shows the work I put into this. I'm looking at the Google Doc that is just the general notes not all the research but the general notes for this and it comes in at single spaced 14 point type comes in at 70 pages and i i hope that for those of you that have been that are listening to this you just made it through i mean god i don't know how long the lebron segment's been already an hour i my guess is you appreciate it but also if you just picked and chose the guys you want to listen to totally get it but it could be a fun thing to download and just have on your phone for long plane rides. It's like, you know what? I've always wanted to hear a good nine minutes on Bob McAdoo. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but it's there for you if you'd like it. I hope this thing lives and breathes digitally for a long time and will adjust it as need be as guys like Giannis or Steph or Durant uh, you know, move up the rankings. It's going to take Luca a while to move up the rankings because we ranked him pretty high. Uh, Also, I know I've been saying that this is our last special edition. We're still going to be doing usually, not always, but usually three pods a week. We're just going to have something replacing the 50 year players' last 50 years list. But before we finally wrap up, we have done callers for all of these episodes and our wonderful production staff. That is an international production staff now in Los Angeles and across the pond in London sometimes. They have done a great job getting us great guests for this. They usually or sometimes let me preview these. They have not with this one. So let's go to our first caller right now.
2: What an honor it is to be invited onto the hugely popular What's Right show featuring Demonze Bird with his sidekick, Nick Wright. Although I am a little offended that I was invited for the first time for reruns. I know technically this is your first time listening to this podcast and watching this video. But I mean, come on. You've heard this one before. Nick Wright has LeBron as the greatest basketball player of all time. Can you believe it? He's number one on the list, Nick. People are shocked. Alert the presses. I'm gobsmacked. This video is going to do numbers. Think of the engagement. But seriously, it was an astute career move by my man, Nick, to memorize LeBron's basketball reference page. He's wrote it to riches and fame and fortune. Look at that chain he's wearing. But anyway, I think it's dumb to compare eras personally. LeBron is the greatest of his era, but he is a product of his era. He got to come into the sport out of high school and sports science and sports medicine showed that you should be taking care of your body. Guy spends a million bucks a year on his body. Tremendous, finely-tuned athlete. Right, sorry, I'm going to make the point about arrows in a second. I'm just going to have some cereal here from an icon. But um, where was I? Oh, yeah. million dollars a year on his body for LeBron. Unbelievable. Great job. Timing is everything, though. Wild night for LeBron is maybe a little taco Tuesday and a $600 glass of Merlot. Meanwhile, Jordan... We have 10 Miller Lights on the golf course, shoot 36 holes in the morning, then drop 40 because it was a Tuesday, and then go to the blackjack tables and be the best scorer and defender and champion of his generation and the best champion of anyone on your list, by the way. But listen, unlike Nick, who has rode uh, LeBron's career to fame and fortune, I'm not biased uh, when I talk about this, and it is an honor to come on this show, but All I will say, as Nick's best friend of the last 15 years or so, is that uh, the guy doesn't own a single pair of LeBrons. He owns probably 10 pairs of Jays, and uh, he knows who the true goat is deep down inside. But congrats on the show, man. Great list.
0: Oh, okay. That's my pal Danny Parkins, who you can listen to on The Score in Chicago. Uh, So a couple things there, just quickly, if I may. You know how I know Jordan fans? Are realizing the argument slipping away from them when for years they've said he's the goat, 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 goat. And now you know what I hear more than I used to? Add ah, silly to compare eras. Ah, sports science and evolution. And, you know, LeBron got to come out of high school while Michael Jordan had to learn from Dean Smith. By the way, most Malone, older than Jordan, came out of high school. But the other part that Danny said that is just laughable on its face is, oh, in today's era, we know how to take care of our body. Yes, that's true. But in no era did anyone think that it was a good idea to gamble and drink and smoke cigars all night. Jordan just chose to do it. So that you know, that argument falls on deaf ears, my friend. Plus, Danny's from Chicago. Life, he's like all these guys. There's lifelong Jordan fans. They can't get over it. All right, who else do we have? I mean, that's my best friend. Who else do we have?
2: Oh my gosh, what a surprise. Nick Wright makes LeBron James number one on his list once again. You know, it's okay that you missed a bunch of family events, you know, to work, to work on this major list that you gotta get done, you know, just to do what literally everyone on the planet knew that you were going to do and expected you to do. But no, that's totally fine. Good hard work, Nicholas. Good job. Good job.
0: That is my older daughter, Deora the only member of the family who has not been on this podcast live. My wife is hosted. My son hosts all the time. It's his, well, I mean, he's the co-host. My youngest daughter has done it. Deora refuses to do it. And instead she comes on the show just to roast me. So you know what? That's a perfect encapsulation, a perfect end of the list. I appreciate everyone who has watched these videos. We might have a special edition sometime before football season, of someone who was on the list, someone who was in the top 20 of the list, joining us for what would just be our second guest ever on the show, Lil Wayne plus this, this person would be our second, to you know go back and forth with me about the list. But aside from that, it is time to put this project to bed. Dior is right. I have spent a lot of time I don't know if I've missed family events, but I have, I have been otherwise occupied. So now we set it aside, which is a perfect time to transition into football season. We will talk to you guys on Tuesday. Appreciate you watching. For one last time, it is the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years on What's Right with Nick Wright.